welcome to another episode of the Big Picture Business Podcast. So happy you are here with us. And today, we have a very special guest, Matthew Yeas. Matthew is a serial entrepreneur, an avid traveler, a diehard snowboarder. We got to talk about that. And helps entrepreneurs grow their own businesses by getting them out of the day-to-day grind, which is super, super important for growth, right? Matthew has 20 years experience in business strategy, technology, and entrepreneurship. And after years on the traditional corporate path in 2009, he was laid off, which began his journey to start his first company at the age of 36. And it's been an amazing roller coaster ride ever since. And Matt has also launched a business during this pandemic. And so that's a huge part of why we really wanted to have him on the show for you guys, because this guy knows how to pivot in a serious way. And he grew he grew this business to 50 people by solving his own problem. So welcome, Matthew. We're so happy to have you on the show with us. Thanks. Great to be here. Really excited to talk to you and your audience today. So Matthew, I want to know, like, how did this passion start for helping other business owners? What happened? Age 36, you got laid off and you just said, I'm doing my own thing. Tell us about that. Yeah. So what happened was I, about five years ago, bought my own, bought a business for the first time, right? So I'm a lifelong management consultant. And I then, you know, so I've always been in the client service business. I really enjoy just helping clients solve problems. It's a lot of fun for me. And hopefully I add value. But about five years ago, I decided to actually buy my own business, jump in. I just wrapped up my first business where it was a venture funded business. I was one of the people that founded it, but I wasn't the lead person. Hmm. And I decided I wanted to jump in the deep end of the pool by myself. So I spent a bunch of money, acquired an e-commerce portfolio. So it's three, it was three sites at the time and just went for it. And, you know, from there, what happened was I spent a few years, you know, working through how staffing works in a remote environment. It's a hundred percent remote company. So people were in Minneapolis and I was where, wherever I am. And so I worked through that and through attrition and otherwise I ended up hiring overseas. The reason that everyone goes to the Philippines is I'm going to get someone for five bucks an hour that's going to change your life. Well, it's not true. What it turns out is you can get really high quality people for a a little bit more and they are just real business people and they can just help you work in your business and run stuff for you. And Mm. it changed my life. So is this the current business that you started during this pandemic that we're talking about? No. So what okay. happens, okay. So my e-commerce business, okay. Everyone has to realize e-commerce right now is blowing up. It's booming. It is like one of the best places you can be, except if you're in one business, that would be the wedding business. You can imagine, you can imagine how well that was going. I was doing 4,000 orders a month, you know, roughly that going into high season in March. March, I think it was 15th, they announced the European travel ban. It went down 95%. Whoa. There's, there is, I don't care who you are. Like you can't, you, it's hard to recover from that. Now it's since settled in about a 25% of historical sales. Mm-hmm. And I like to say it's on pause, right? I mean, it's going to come back. It's just went. So what happened was I restructured my business, that e-commerce business. And I said to the, and at the time, 
What had happened in October is my wife, uh, the previous October is my wife was going and I were going to, on a family vacation to China. And she said to me, she, she says, I hope you're not going to work on this vacation because we're going with my parents. Mm. I don't know if either of you are married. Yes. Um, you both however, are. <laughs> hope is really not a, it's not a request in a marriage. It's, it's about as you better not effing work. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest. Right. So she said, go find my wife said, go find someone in the Philippines to run your entire business. And my response honestly was, honey, I don't know anyone that's ever done this. I know some pretty experienced people with um, offshoring. Let me see. She goes, and she says, well, it's a country of a hundred million people. I'm sure there's one person who can help you. <laughs> right. As only like your spouse can say. Right. right. And so, yeah, you know, I'm being kind with the inflection of my voice because it wasn't that nice. Understood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, I, it turned, so it took me about, you know, six, eight weeks. I found someone and Angelica was a chief of staff for a hundred person uh, dev shop. And I convinced her to come work for my, at the time it was six people, six person e-commerce business and help oversee it, oversee operations. She never had e-commerce experience, but what she did have was she was smart, senior, and had just great operations experience. Hmm. So my personal belief is e-commerce isn't that complicated for someone to just oversee it. I put her in. Within one week, she was doing pretty much 80% of what I was doing perfectly. Wow. Right. I was, so I went to China. Everything was fine. When I left China, I was working 14 hours a day. Six weeks later, I was only in China for two weeks, but six weeks after High Angelica, I was working four hours a day or three. Then about a year later, I was working about two hours a week. Wow. So that's just me having conversations. So when I said to her in the pandemic, I said, everyone thought I was crazy when I did it. Then they were like, wait a second, can I get someone like her? Hmm. During the pandemic, I said to her, I said, hey, what about starting an agency? Mm. We can pull it off. She goes, absolutely. Okay, great. She handled the recruiting side. I handled the sales side. And we just hit 50 people since then. Wow. Wow. That's incredible in such a short period of time. Wow, wow. Yeah. While running another business, right? Right. no, I say it's down. It still does a significant amount of revenue, mm-hmm. but it's not enough to keep my time. And she's actually was not only was she helped me start this business, she's running another business overseeing it. So, wow. right, that's the level of quality you can get. And I started with my my first one person was my accountant. He was my first client, and now it's just you know people I don't know, and it's starting to build momentum as I build a brand. Wow, have you ever met her in person? That's incredible. Okay. So I have to ask then at what point were you able to just sort of like give up the reins of the first e-commerce business? We were like, I don't know. Cause a lot of business owners, I know a lot of our listeners have a, such a hard time just letting go and allowing people to help them grow. Right. Especially if it's their first business. Do you have any advice about, about how to go about doing days. that? Give me seven days. <laughs> okay. I was going to China. I was going to China. I mean, that's it. Like, right? I, Seven days and a commandment from my God, my wife. <laughs> she was just like, Lord on high said, do not work, right? So no, but seriously, um, so I think for me, what it was is that I was so done. And ex- I, like, I was killing myself. Like, okay, I know better. I, I know better than to get sucked into the business. But I forgot the cardinal rule, which is 
you know, your operational excellence for 99% of industries, it's not going to make you more money, mm. right? It's just, it's just not. Like you have to execute to a certain level. Mm. But after that, me being involved is just a waste of time. And I thought my value, I created all this value, and, but I really didn't, right? So I was just at the right time to step out, to just be like, I'm done. I, I want out of this business. I would have sold it if I could. Like, it just wasn't ready for sale. Like, I was like, I'm out. So it was the right time for that. But for entrepreneurs, what I would say is, do you actually like your life? I mean, mm-hmm. are you really enjoying doing tactical things that just don't matter, right? And people would say, well, client management matters. Well, I don't manage my clients for my VA business. I have my team do it. So when I talk to clients, it's about important stuff, right? Mm -hmm. If there's a big enough issue, a large enough issue that arises to me, it's very important. Mm -hmm. The fact that a VA may need coaching on something, it's not that it's not important, right? But it's not important enough that I should deal with it. I have people who are going to do a better job at coaching a VA than I am. So they deal with it. They work with the client. And as a result, the clients get better client service. Right. Because like I, I'm missing emails if they email me and I'm like, I'm too big, like I'm running around. So what I would say to people, my advice is if you like your life the way it is, and maybe you don't need help, but there's no successful entrepreneur or company who's done it alone. They always have a team. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the, the biggest fears that you see entrepreneurs have when they're trying to make that jump from working in the business to working on the business. Yeah. I, I would say that the number one thing that entrepreneurs struggle with is they think they're special. That's the, that's the, that, that's it. You're not, you're not special. I'm not special. No one on this call is special. Guess what? There are people around the world who can do it better, faster, and more efficiently than you. Now the pushback you get is, well, I, as the entrepreneur, I can do engineering and marketing. I want an engineer, somebody can do both. Well, you're the boss. Okay, so let's come down to reality. You're not going to find a pink sparkly unicorn with blue eyes. Not even in the United States are you going to find people like that. And if they are, guess, if you do find them, guess what? They cost about $350,000 a year. So you want to pay that? No problem, right? But you're the entrepreneur for a reason. Your job is to orchestrate the business. And you can, and by the way, the fact that you can do two things two very different tasks and execute doesn't mean you do them well. It just means you can do them. So the the biggest thing is, you know, just realize you're not special entrepreneur and realize that having someone focused on a task will make the execution of of that task better. Yeah. It makes me think of like the person who owns an airline is not the pilot and they couldn't be the pilot because if they had to be the pilot for every single airplane, no one would get anywhere. Right. It's really that, an analogy. <laughs> no, it's true. It's, it, that's exactly it. Just show me one successful business that is run by one person with zero help. <laughs> like, it's just, there isn't. Like, it, it just doesn't exist. Everybody has a team in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Even most people don't do their own taxes or many people don't do their own taxes. They have, they outsource that to uh, an accountant because they're going to do a better job. Yes, I can go to H&R Block 
And yes, I can get my taxes done in some proficient fashion, but I also know my accountant is way better than major. <laughs> so because he's going to help me think different, right? So it, it's just it's just that level of recognition that you, you have to have a team to be successful. Right. So your virtual assistant company today is called Extend Your Team, right? Yes. Tell us about the services that you offer. Is it, it's, it's obviously virtual, right? But what would you say is like the top three services that you cater to? What we do is a little different than a lot of virtual systems. Typical virtual system, when people hear Philippines, they hear one word sheet, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to get someone for five bucks an hour. They're going to use social media and the email and my calendar and, you know, and yes, you can do that or you can even maybe do it on your own, but you're going to cycle through a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that people forget is anytime you're managing someone, it's not their, like the task doesn't cost their, their rate or their salary because their rate plus your rate. So if you're managing someone who's $5 an hour for 20 hours, 20, 30 hours a month, which is not abnormal, then you're spending roughly around $27 an hour for that $5 an hour resource, assuming you're about $100 an hour. Right. So what we do is we take a completely different approach. We find people with real experience called 10 to 20 years experience and help them and put them in your business. The number one use case is what I would we call a business manager or chief of staff. So think of a project manager on steroids who can oversee pretty much all tactical tasks, or you can call it like a very super EA, but like an EA again on steroids that takes over all the tactical items on your list and just make sure they're either executed by overseeing different projects or executing themselves. Mm. We've also found graphic designers, telemarketers, general virtual assistants, meaning people who know how to do, you know, who could do uh, video editing, picture editing, podcast editing, do your calendar, do social media, like a generalist like that. But even those people will have, you know, 10 years experience and are just experts to what they do. Everything is a level up because what we found in my own experience is it just saves you money. Spending more money will save you more in the long run because it's just the aggravation. Imagine if you had someone who could just free up all your time. You can go spend money, you can spend your time making more money instead of you know following up with a client for some document. Oh yeah. We're big proponents of exactly what you're talking right. about. <laughs> so, so heck yeah. In fact, Roy and I were talking about the pod, just our podcast and how many hours goes into doing what we do. Like, we really should just train somebody else to do this. So might be hitting somebody else on your team up. <laughs> <That's pretty fun. laughs> the other secret is that, I, that people who have virtual assistants know, but companies won't tell you is only hire full time. Do not waste your time you can do 20 hours a week, right? But if you're doing it for yourself, right? Honestly, just go 40 hours. If you only have 25 hours worth of time, guess what? Within 60 days, you're going to fill up 40 hours a week. Don't mm. worry about it. Because you're going to be like, oh my God, I have all this other stuff people can do. And the reason is, it's not a culture of contracting like the United States where it's like, oh, I have you know, 10 hours on this client, 20 hours on that client. People mm. really do want full-time work and that's their preference. And if they don't have full-time work, they're piecing together 40 hours or 60 hours. And imagine you're trying to go through to three different clients in one day, how difficult it would be. Right. right? 
it's difficult for them too. 40 hours, we only do 40 hours a week full-time hires or we don't take clients. Well, that makes sense. I, I would imagine just having, like you said, jumping around to so many different things, like what am I even doing for this hour, right? So it just makes sense to be fully committed to doing one full-time deal and then you can fully invest in that. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it pays I mean, time and time again, whenever at first, when I started the business, I made exceptions mm. and there were just challenges, right? Mm. Because people then bolt on at a full-time job or... If you're, and I like to say, and this was taught to me, if you're not first, you're fourth, right? So it's, it's just the way it is, right? If you're not the priority, you're not the priority. It doesn't matter. Very true. Gosh, that's right. so true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to go back to something that you had said, even though you're a virtual assistant company, you actually recommend that people don't hire virtual assistants. Yeah. So here's what I mean by that. I call my team virtual assistants simply because it's easier way to communicate what we do, not because it's the reality. To me, the virtual assistants are the people that are five bucks an hour that all these companies are pushing on people all over LinkedIn, right? You've probably gotten 15 messages from, you know, just, hey, you want a virtual assistant? Hey, you want a virtual assistant? Mm -hmm. They're very low level, entry level team. My team, we're, they're remote workers. They are just, they are professionals who happen to be in the Philippines. Hire a business leader, hire the highest paid person first. And, and we're really only talking 16 to 19 an hour. That's all we're talking about here, right? And, you know, the difference between, by the way, $6 and 16 is $1,800 a month. If you can't, if you don't, if you free yourself up from 80% of what you do and can't generate an additional $1,800 a month in profit, my opinion is you have to look at your business because that's a problem. No, it's, it's, it sounds trite. But it's true. If you if you actually don't see how you can make eight, not forget twenty thousand more a year, because that's what people get stuck with, right? Oh, it's twenty thousand more, thirty thousand more. It's it's really break it down by month. It's in this case eighteen hundred dollars a month. If you can't make that more in profit in ninety days, you have a problem. But if you get the right person and hire a business person, right, instead of an entry level college kid you're just going to see results. And these are remote workers. They're not virtual assistants, in my opinion. Yeah. And you know, what I've noticed is that the thing that really snowballs is when that person that you hire to be a business leader in your business, when they are managing all your other team members and they're hiring them, that's where that breaking point is, where you start to see the exponential growth from it. Oh, absolutely. There's no way. Not, it's not even remotely possible that I could have built a 50-person business in seven months of my own. Hmm. Right? It's, just, it's just no way. Forget that I couldn't. I can't. Because now I'm having, I have Filipinos hiring Filipinos. It hmm. makes a world of difference in the quality. The three of us simply do not have access to the talent pool that they do. It's, it's just, it, you, we just don't. And they're... I mean, I am consistent. I'm constantly amazed at who I'm finding, who we find, right? We placed someone recently who ran a 2,000 person division. Wow. Okay. $23 an hour to a client. Hmm. Think about that, right? Two, uh, that's a legit C. He was like, I think he was, he was been CEO, but it's, he's a legit COO. Wow. A chief operating officer. So, I mean, that's the rate. Uh, there's no way I can find that person. 
It's just not possible. Or we're gonna have to pay a headhunting agency or there's, there's no way. Good point. Yeah. it's, It's not possible. So all of a sudden, right? So everyone on this journey starts typically in the same place, typically the same websites where there's a lot of people, but low quality. Right? Mm. And that's where everyone goes from the United States. But there's a whole world of professionals that you and I just, you know, we, we do bespoke searches, right? We're looking for people that you just can't, can't find. And that, that's who we target, right? It makes, a, it makes a world of difference. I'm sure it makes a world of difference for, for you and for your main people who don't have to do a lot of back and forth. Like if people just know what they're doing from the beginning, then I'm sure there's probably little to no error happening, you know, for your clients. Yeah, I think, look, I mean, things happen right now. Of course. Look, everyone's perfect. But as a, for me, I mean, to be open, as a business owner, it's less problems on the back end for me, yeah. personally, as an agency owner. Because now, while we do some different things that are different than pretty much every other agency, we give life, medical, dental, life insurance. We pay for their internet. We require clients to give them vacation, U.S. holidays off. And we also have a dedicated client person who helps properly onboard and monitor the engagement to make sure there are no hiccups. And when there are hiccups, we step in. So we're higher touch. But the advantage to hiring better people for me as the person who owns the agency to be completely open is typically speaking, there's less work for us to do because now we're just supporting someone when they need extra help. We're not guiding someone how to work with at a company. It's a more fruitful engagement for everybody. You're getting more out of it as a client and we can help you more because we're not focused on, well, how do you use email? Right? It just, that's not the stuff we do. When someone is getting started, how much do they have to budget time-wise to get someone up to speed if they're having to learn someone's business systems? Fair. So the answer is it really depends because many entrepreneurs have standard operating procedures already in place. And then it's just training that person on there. Right. But you know, with us, I would say we would spend one to two weeks set, you know, making sure all the, the SOPs are in place, helping the entrepreneur, you know, set expectations. And then after that, it's, it's, it's off to the races, you know, within 60 days, you'll see significant value. You know, it's, look, it's not a day one thing, right? You don't just, <laughs> nobody. I walked in when I was a management consultant. I didn't walk and say, you know, here you go. I'm going to tell you, you know, I'm going to solve everything. Have a nice day. I'm done in 24 hours. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't matter who it is, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, you have to realize that it takes, it takes time, but within 60 days, you're, you're humming. If you have, like, if you were like me and had a fully functioning business with standard operating procedures and a team, and then you have a business manager come in just to be like a high level project manager and chief of staff, Angelica was up and running within seven days. Mm. Right? And then within four, you know, within 45 days, as like I said, like three to four hours, that's all I was working from 14. So it's, it could be that quick, right? And we're there to help you figure this out along the way. Right. I mean, I did it myself. The one thing I love about this, where I get to help entrepreneurs, I, this is, I solved my own problem and I'm just doing it for others. I run a business this way while running this agency. I mean, I still oversee the, the e-com, even though I act like, I mean, I do not act. I mean, I only work two, three hours a week, but it's just overseeing it, but I'm still able to do that and start a new business. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It works. Totally. 
And I love that connection. I think you had sent me a message on LinkedIn and you said this episode, I think it's episode 15 was all about solving your own problem. Right. Yeah. And, and you were like, this is exactly what I just did. <laughs> I got I to come on your show. So I, I love that. Okay. That's the connection. Okay. I'm going to be open with you, uh, with both of you. I didn't do that. That was my oh, well, that's so good. <laughs> that's so, so good I have though. a procedure. So I have, I shouldn't say this because I mean, I tell all the podcasters. No, this is good. But I have a procedure where I do an automated connection campaign. Sure. To all podcasts, um, saying I'm a listener, right? Which, you know, then I have my, then I actually will listen after my chief of staff picks out an episode, responds to the person, pretends she uh, is my persona. Mm-hmm and connects and then I will jump in at the appropriate time and do whatever I have to do. It's brilliant. So all the upfront, so again, it's, you know, some people say, well, that's disingenuous, but no, it's not. If you think someone, let's say like Gary V, and maybe not Gary V because that guy's a maniac, but there's no (laughs) human outside of Gary V, outside of him. We love you, Gary. (laughs) No, I mean, like, let's be honest, like we all, you just look at him and you're like, "I, I, I don't understand. But even him, he has a podcast team. He has a, he, there's no way. I, I, I mean, he would just be on messages all day. It has to be someone from his team. You know, you think about it, right? Like how else could you get leverage? I mean, all I would do is spend time doing this. You have to figure this stuff out. And, you know, people may say, I don't think it's disingenuous at all. Now I get to have higher value conversations than an initial connection message. Well, that's right? true. Because look, I mean, you're sitting with us. So obviously it worked, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Case yeah. in point. Yeah. Or yeah. point in case. Yeah. <laughs> and if you had someone who was really high quality representing you, I, I actually, I mean, she runs my business. I mean, she runs two businesses for me. Has mm. 60 people overseas. She oversees 60 people. You know what? That's okay if she represents me. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Obviously you've got this great connection. You've built the trust with her. That's everything. You can't buy then, trust, you know? So no, and you know, the Filipino people are very, very open and honest and warm and I really enjoy working with them because it's, it's a very, there's a lot of similarities to the culture. They're very Americanized and a lot of them are used to working with Americans. So it's, it's an advantage right away, as opposed to some other countries where you may have to navigate a little more cultural stuff. There is a common language of culture in many ways. Some ways it's very different, but in many ways that helps a lot. How would you say that a business owner should go about like becoming an outsourcing pro? And what does that mean? Like if I was brand new at being a business owner and I had all my ducks in a row and I was like, okay, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to extend the team. I'm ready to go for this. How does someone become an outsourcing pro? Well, if you're going to do it on your own, what you need to recognize right away is you're hiring for a, hiring for a regular position. A, I don't I've seen the number one mistake, but a very common mistake that people make is like, oh, I'll just get a VA and they just treat it like I'm buying a pair of, gla- of sunglasses. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever, I'll just go get one. And yeah, they seem nice, right? You have to put the time and care into hiring as if you were making a $100,000, $150,000 hire. Mm-hmm. Once you do that, so that starts with what, two things. One, create a job description, right? Write a formal, it sounds silly, write a formal job description, not, hey, I want a VA, right? So, and how do you know what the VA should do? So here's the second task you need to do. These two things will save you a lot of time. You divide your, just take a piece of paper, do do a line down the middle, and on it, write two columns, strategic, not strategic. So strategic and tactical, right? Strategic is thinking tasks, 
that require you and your experience, mm. right? Or things that add value. So the three of us having this conversation, that's strategic for me, right? I'm not going to give, you know, anyone else using my, uh, what we just talked about, making connections and getting it to the conversation to a point where I need to jump in. That's tactical, mm-hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, I can train someone to do that, right? So then go through your day. And I would say probably 80% of your day will be tactical, including producing a podcast, everything besides talking right here, mm-hmm. everything up besides that, including managing your LinkedIn, podcast production, following up with guests, whatever. That's all tactical. That should be done by, in my opinion, someone mm-hmm. else. Once you write that out, those, that, those strategic tactical, take all the tactical, translate it to a job description, make it a little sexy, describe what you're doing, put it up there and go start hiring like a regular person. Now recognize if you've never done this before, it's going to take you 12 to 18 months to cycle through people to get the right person. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not, you don't, it's, it's no, I mean, if you've never had experience with this, it's just going to take time. I mean, it took me, it takes everyone time. Mm-hmm. So just recognize you may go through seven, eight, nine people before you get the one person that you like and you can afford, right? Mm-hmm. That, so that's kind of, that is, one of, that is one of the advantages of, let's say, going through an agency like us. We not, I now have Filipinos filtering Filipinos. So it's three interviews, recruiter, chief of staff, then me. By the time it gets to me, all the stuff that I wouldn't recognize is filtered out. And then I'm mm-hmm. looking for other things that I know as an American business owner. Mm. as the entrepreneur that they know, but there are subtleties that I'm going to get from talking to the client. They may not pick up. So it's trying to triangulate, you know, the right person for the client. So you can shortcut a lot of the aggravation by, you know, doing that by hiring an agency. But let's say you still want to go on your own route, which is great. The next thing you need to do while in the hiring process is create standard operating procedures or SOPs. Now, if you're as old as I am, you, uh, you might remember a time when you used to write all these things down painfully, like just write everything down painfully. Thankfully, no one does it, does it like this anymore. Go get a product called Loom, L-O-O-M.com. It allows you to make screen captures or videos from your desktop. And you can just take a video of your screen, talk people through things so they hear you describing the task they're doing. Take that, so it takes 30 seconds, you know, two minutes, whatever it is. And you can just crank through all these things. Take that, either you know, put it in a spreadsheet somewhere, you can put it in, a, there are a lot of checklist software that you can say, okay, step two, do this. Step three, do this next video, right? One that we use is called Process Street and it's process.st and it's great. And what you can do is then you can, you know, now you have a series of steps you give people. It's all videos. Took you probably five to 10 minutes to do this entire process. You give it to someone else. They can watch the videos in the process 4,000 times. Doesn't bother you. And now you have a standard operating procedure for whatever process you are doing. Mm -hmm. Just rinse, wash, repeat. After that, I mean, after that, you hire someone, you give them all the processes. Obviously, you have to meet with people done. Also have a call once a week, at least mm-hmm. on Skype. Checking right? in. So, yeah. Checking in before the pandemic, people didn't get it as much, but you, you have to have a call once a week or more on Skype or Skype or zoom or whatever. The reason is they're people. No one would like to be 
the random person receiving instructions from a Slack message or an email. That just sucks. Yeah. Right. That's just really crappy. So, you know, they want to be part of something. They're excited. They're joining your company. This is a, it's a big deal. They're not, they're not a widget, right? You know, you're hiring a person. So treat them like one. And I, I think if you do those four things, so strategic, not tactical exercise, job description, SOPs, treat them like a person. I think you in short order can eliminate a lot of nonsense. Brilliant. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I, and I would imagine having that face-to-face time as well, it creates that accountability factor too for all parties involved, right? It's like just making sure that you are checking in and like on top of what the work that they're actually doing, right? 100%. Yeah. Exactly. Let's say you've, you know, convinced someone like, oh, like you should go get started, but they're having a little bit of say like a hesitation of letting go of these tasks. And what would you say to them? Repeat the, the as your mantra, I'm not special. Just, just I'm not special. I'm not, like, like what, honestly, what is the worst that happens? You hire someone, it doesn't work out after 60 days, you spend a little bit of money and you fire them, right? You learn and move on. Yeah. You learn and move on. What, what is, what is the risk, right? I hear people, I'm just not comfortable letting go. Honestly, your business, like not only are you not special, your business isn't, isn't either. Right. But like my business isn't special. I sell wedding favors while other people do that. Right. And they probably do it better than me. And I have a virtual assistant business. Guess what? Other people do that. And they're probably better than me too. So there's like, it's, you just got to remember that you have to just, there are other people in this, in this world that can do things and they just may not live next to you. And that's okay. Sound advice for sure. <laughs> Makes yeah, sense. I don't know. It's, listen, it's, it's not, I know it's, I get it. It's not as easy as that, right? But I coach people all the time. You know, I take calls from clients all the time. I'm struggling with this and I, I just talk them through it. And, you know, and at the end of the day, it comes with stop doing the work. That's not your job. Right. Your job is not to do work. Give it to someone else. I'm not sure they can do it. How do you know? Well, I don't. Okay. Well then give it to your person that you're paying all this money for and see. I saw something on LinkedIn. It was a Home Depot CEO and it really resonated with me. And he became, this is a, I don't know if he's the former CEO. I wasn't the founder. And he said, when I became CEO, I thought my job was to make decisions. I'm going to just say, you do this, you do this, you do this. And then when he, so one of the people uh, who worked for him said, it must be a pretty senior person, right? If he's talking to the CEO at Home Depot, said to him, you're, it was something like, you're failing at your job. Like, you're not doing a good job. And he was shocked, right? He was like, you think your job is to make decisions. It's not. Your job is to make sure that the, all the cogs in the business are spinning at the right speed. And if mm-hmm. something is stuck, to unstick it. That's your job. To make sure people can do theirs. That's it. Right. And he said, it really resonated with me because if you think about it, where's my value? My value is not getting into saying, you know, it's, it's not like, well, did you have this call? Okay. How's this call go? I want to hear about your call. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about what you did. That's, that's hamstringing people. My job is to say, okay, do you have the right tools in place to help you do your job? Here are your goals. Is there anything stopping you from meeting your goals? No, great. Yes, let's talk about it. That's kind of, that's my job, right? So if you think about it from that perspective, 
it, it gets a little easier for entrepreneurs to say, you're right, that's not my job. I don't have to be doing that because I'm just going to be an impediment to success. Mm. Yeah. But also I think the, the allure of like, listen, you don't have to do this. You're not going to grow anymore unless you just let go. You have to let go and let people, right? right. Let them help out. Yeah, people get stuck on the money, right? Well, it's, you know, so it's, you know, let's just say it's, I think $16 is roughly like $2,800 a month, something like that. So, you know, people get, is it 26 more? So it's like uh, $2,900. So people get stuck on, oh my God, it's not, it's, you know, call 3000 it's $36,000 a year I'm signing up for. No, you're not. You're signing up for $3,000 a month for as long as it works for you. That's mm. all you're signing up for. Mm. I, for me, at least, I didn't design a business that locks anyone into any contract. If I can't create value for you, then I don't, you, you shouldn't have to pay me, right? Mm-hmm. You should, we shouldn't be locked into doing business together. So, but just everyone needs to realize it's 3000 a month. So invest $10,000 in your business, you know, 3000 9000 3000 over three months. Invest that time. Is your business better? If it's not, cut the cord. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. But yeah, like you're saying, you also have to give it a, a good shot. You might not know what's to come in 30 days. And Roy and I talk about that a lot. We, we yeah. get some clients that are like, I want to run ads for a week. You're like, no, <laughs> no, that's not how this is going to work. It takes 30 days just to get things like ready and ramped up, you know? So you can't just quit out after, you know, a few weeks, even a couple months, you got to see where it's actually going to take you. And one of the things that I've always said is invest in implementation rather than information. Because I see so many people who just go buy another course and buy another course on how to do something, how to do something, but nothing ever gets done because they have information, but they can't implement it. Yeah. They don't have the time or I guess, you know, you could say manpower to implement it. Mm-hmm. Right. Paralysis, they just spin their wheels. Or like, they're looking at like, oh, well, if I just do this much more analysis, it's going to make it better. Or it, it, yeah, you have to just jump in. Totally. Right? You have to commit to it, like you said, because especially when we talk about ads, right? I mean, my, my e-com business, we got whacked with the Google and shut down my Google last summer. And it took, and we were in the 100% the right. It, it didn't matter, right? I didn't fire my agency. That's not going to be helpful, right? I, I have a long-standing partnership with them. But it took six months to get back the yeah. level of sales. And frankly, there is nothing my agency could have done differently. I checked. Right. Trust, but verify. I, yeah. I checked. Right. And the, everyone said, no, this the account looks great. Right. So you, you have to, some, sometimes you just have to invest in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all part of, you know, running a business, being a business owner, you have to be able to make these decisions to take your business to the next level. And if you, if you don't make those decisions, then nothing happens. Yeah. But we fail. And by the way, you may take a leap and for whatever reason, it just doesn't work, mm-hmm. right? It could be you, it could be them, it could be the business, it could be the, look at my e-commerce business. There's nothing I can do to, to change COVID, right? Right. Right. I can't help the fact that I, that there was a pandemic and that weddings are Ill- illegal, right? Like I never contemplated weddings. Right. The gathering. Yeah. (laughs) Weddings are illegal. Weddings weddings by nature are illegal. So I, so a lot of investment I made in that business, you know, is poof up in smoke for the time being, but there's nothing I can do. 
I think as an entrepreneur, you just need to accept you're going to succeed and you're going to probably fail twice as much as you succeed. As long as your successes outweigh your failures, you're pretty good. <laughs> the balance sheet is right. The balance sheet is the right direction, you know, as, as long as uh, you succeed more than you fail. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this has been so fun. Thank you so much for taking the time with us and for chatting about just your personal experience and being a business owner and having successful companies and being able to pivot, especially during this time. It is possible for all you listening. It is totally possible. Matthew, thank you so much again for being with us uh, today. This has just been a joy to have you on. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. On the next episode, you did what? That's right. It's time for another one of those Dominica and Rory Get Personal episodes. And this time, we are sharing all the stupid stuff that we've done in life, business, and otherwise. Let the hilarity ensue. Ha 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 ha. Oh, and by the way, did you know Apple Podcasts is a great place to leave us a review? Yep. Since you now know this exciting information, how about you put that information into action by leaving that review you've been meaning to leave. All right, see you on the next one.